Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological. So we have better get methodical. Bring in precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wall on us. Fighting and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. It sure has been an interesting time in the world of internet companies. Uh, over the last few months, I think Twitter has provided so much material for, uh, I would say, a whole bunch of eventual case studies on how not to do anything that we might have forgotten that other companies also exist and might also be run by totally incompetent buffoons as well. Uh, and in the last few weeks, it seems that Reddit founder and CEO Steve Huffman has basically uh, turned to Elon Musk and asked him to hold his beer while he began to demonstrate uh, how to really screw up an internet company. Uh, if you're somehow not familiar, Reddit has tried to implement some changes to its API pricing, similar in some ways to Twitter, such that multiple third-party apps that I would say helped make Reddit successful in the first place are saying that they need to shut down. Uh, Huffman has basically said that there are just a few whiners complaining and that most of the Reddit users support where he's trying to take the site. However, a bunch of mods, that is the volunteers who moderate the various subreddit communities on Reddit, seemed to disagree and launched what was initially a two-day strike, turning their communities to private in protest. Uh, since then, Huffman has made a whole series of, uh, again, I would say bad choices that seem to have only made the situation much, much worse, uh, some of which we've tried to chronicle on TechDirt. Uh, however, I will say that one reporter who is way more on the ball than we are in following all of this uh, is Jay Peters from The Verge. So I'm thrilled to have him on this uh, somewhat timely episode of the TechDirt podcast, though I will warn you that things are happening uh, quite quickly uh, regarding everything happening on Reddit. So we are recording this late on Wednesday. Uh, we are going to try to have it released on Thursday midday at some point, and I have no idea how much, if anything, will change between now when we are recording again Wednesday afternoon and when this gets released, hopefully on Thursday midday at some point. So all of this might be obsolete. Who knows? We'll see. Either way, Jay, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mike. It's great to be here. And yes, uh, given the current pace of things, <laughs> anything we say right now, um, there could be a brand new wrinkle in all of this that's happening. <laughs> Yeah, well, one thing, at least to date, is that, you know, he hasn't gone back on anything. It's not like so far there, there hasn't been anything where he's like, well, I've changed my mind. He just seems to keep dialing up the nonsense. <laughs> so, but let, let, let's, let's go back a little bit to the beginning. So let's assume that there are some people who are not as uh, completely online as we might be and who are less familiar with how all of this came to be. So can you explain sort of what are the changes that Reddit was looking to make and why they say they were making them? So this started first in the middle of April. Reddit announced some changes to its API for developers, which previously developers have had free access to that. And Reddit said, we are going to start charging for that. They positioned this originally as a way to make money from companies that were accessing 
or AI companies are accessing Reddit's data to train their large language models um, for big AI applications. Um, and, you know, that makes some sense. Like Reddit is filled with lots of text posts of people talking very conversationally to each other. And so you can see how those would be useful models for the companies to train their own models on. But at the time, the pricing wasn't announced. And at the end of May, Reddit finally shared that pricing. And mind you, these pricing changes will still go into effect as of July 1st. And for some third-party developers that make really beloved apps on the platform, the prices were just outrageous um, to the point where <laughs> the Apollo for Reddit developer, it's an iOS app um, folks might be aware of, he said he'd be responsible for $20 million a year. He's just one person that makes the app. Um, and so uh, Redditors protested the pricing changes by going private, like you said, and then Reddit started to not be very nice to the subreddits that went uh, in protest. And so this is changing from like a developer API pricing conversation to how Reddit is treating the mods uh, who, like you said, are volunteers and feel like they, they take a lot of ownership in the site and how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so th there's a bunch of different things that we could explore there. It is interesting to me, and, and I'm curious for your thoughts on this, uh, about how it has shifted from what was this or originally focused on the developers of third-party apps who were upset. And obviously, you know, lots of people use those apps. That's why they were so successful and probably why it would cost so much money in terms of like how much they were using the API. Um, to the fact that now it's become a mod thing. And, and and some people have discussed that like the the moderator tools um have, have been an element of of all this. Um and so do you want to describe that a little bit or, or you know how much of that do do you think is really a part of this or how much of it is really just sort of solidarity with the the concept of you know the you know, the problems with the changes to the API. I think it's all part of the soup of what folks are unhappy about in that some moderators use other not Reddit apps to moderate their communities because they feel mm -hmm. they offer better tools than what the official Reddit mobile app does now. And they're worried that when Reddit, let's assume these app, these third-party apps go away because they're too expensive. Many of them have announced they're going to shut down. Um, then the mods to mod on mobile, they're going to have to use the Reddit app that does not have the tools they want or need to be able to moderate effectively. And while Reddit has acknowledged this and said, you know, we have a handful of changes coming, um, I don't think they've committed to a super firm timeline on all the stuff that they've talked about. So um, a lot of folks might be left in the lurch here. Yeah. And, and again, j just for sort of like background information for people who are listening to this, who maybe don't use Reddit, uh, you know, quite, a, quite as much as, as some others do. I, I think it, it is useful to delve a little bit into how important the mods have been to, to the site itself and, and how the site functions, you know, and, and, and just as a little bit of background on my part, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you sort of you know, uh, dive into that topic. Um, you know, Reddit has actually been a really interesting example that we've used in a lot of our discussions on TechDirt about how, uh, you know, uh, you know, w when different policymakers are trying to pass laws about content moderation or things like that, Reddit has always been a useful example because it's so different, right? Most 
of the sites when people are talking about content moderation, trust and safety, uh, things of that nature. Most of the discussions are around, you know, these big sites that have a trust and safety team that handles all moderation. So your Facebooks, your Twitters, your YouTubes, um, that, you know, everything sort of comes down from the company. Whereas Reddit is just set up in a really, really different way, which I thought was, was really unique and actually really interesting just from, from looking at a different kind of model. Um, but do, do you want to discuss a little bit about sort of how, how the moderator setup works for mm -hmm. subreddits? Yeah, I mean, Reddit has an overall content policy and moderator code of conduct that sets standards for like, these are the definite things you absolutely cannot post no matter where you are on the site. Um, but otherwise, it largely leaves decisions of what types of posts can go up, up to individual communities. And those decisions are made by a moderator or groups of moderators for these communities. Um, and they can set the tone in a really big way. Like they, I think they have a lot of flexibility to make rules that they want, you know, as stringent as like your post needs to include these words in the title. <laughs> right? right. And so you can get down to a really granular level and some do that for maybe like a comedic effect, right? Maybe there's like a right. joke or meme subreddit that does that. Um, and so in <laughs> pissing off these moderators who do a lot of that, uh, that content moderation for free, they are unpaid volunteers, you risk that not only these individual communities being really shaken up, um, but also, you know, the site as a whole, the culture of what is kind of interesting about jumping from place to place at Reddit, that might be, that might change too, depending on how mods respond to this. Right. And so, so let's talk initially about the, the blackout, which was sort of the initials, you know, planned protest. And um, I don't even know who organized it originally or sort of where it came from. But, you know, the idea was that a bunch of subreddits would agree to go dark. And there are a few different ways that they could go dark, but they were going to go dark. And the original plan was, I guess, 48 hours, uh, Monday and Tuesday of last week, basically. Um, and it was basically just, you know, we're, it was a strike, right? You know, we're, we're going on strike and we're trying to show that we're unhappy happy with, uh, with this. Um, and the thing that, that caught me a little bit by surprise was how quickly tons of subreddits jumped on board and agreed to join in this process. Um, you know, even like, you know, smaller subreddits that you wouldn't necessarily think would be all that interested in this or, or care about it joined in the protest. Um, so, you know, how, how did that, how did the, the initial blackout go? Um, it, I, I feel like it really picked up speed, um, in the days ahead of the actual blackout. Um, and I think people are just really mad at lo potentially losing <laughs> access to these apps. And, um, it just didn't seem like Reddit was going to budge or make any concessions to these developers. And so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say. Well, one th one thing that was interesting that that I had almost forgotten about because there've been so many different things that have happened in the last couple of weeks was that a few days before the blackout was supposed to go, Huffman did a, a an AMA and asked me anything on Reddit, which you know the the whole AMA concept sort of really kind of originated and blew up on Reddit itself, and he went and did that, and and you know at least in my mind, 
was incredibly dismissive of the concerns that people were raising and sort of came off as, you know, a little bit aloof and a little bit of uncaring about the concerns that, that people had. And I think, and, and tell me if, if you disagree, but like my, my feeling was that that AMA caused a whole bunch of other subreddits to agree to join the, the, the protest. No, I think that's absolutely right in that you think CEO Steve Huffman, who's a co-founder of Reddit, right? I think he has a pretty good idea of kind of the the heartbeat of what makes Reddit go. Right. I'm sure he's familiar with the concept of AMA. He only stuck around for like an hour, answered about 14 questions. As you can imagine, there were tens of thousands of questions, right? And uh, I'm sympathetic to the fact that there's just too much to answer, but you think he would want to participate a little bit more to show that right. he's, you know, maybe being a little more receptive to the community's concerns. Um, and eventually he just stopped asking questions and nobody knew if the AMA was done until I <laughs> asked Reddit, they told me it was done and I had to post in the AMA somewhere oh that's like, goodness. Hey, they told me it's done. And you know, I, I got buried in the tens of thousands of messages, right. right? A handful of people saw it, but you know, and I think not only was kind of the, I think a lot of people felt disrespected by the person who right. runs the platform that they're on all the time. And from that moment on, there was just a huge increase in the number of subreddits that are participating in the blackout with some deciding to go immediately, like right after the right. AMA happened, which was Friday. And then it officially started on Monday. And, and, you know, it is incredible because I mean, there are famous stories of like PR disasters of people screwing up AMAs. And I, I'm trying to remember because, you know, Huffman, you know, was not at Reddit for, for many years and then came back in like 2015 or 2016 or thereabouts. Um, but like, I, I still remember, I don't know if you remember, but I, I remember the, the sort of most famous disaster Reddit AMA was the Woody Harrelson one where Classic, it just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like sort of like internet lore and, and the kind of thing that if you're like founder and CEO of Reddit, you should remember <laughs> that like, you know, you could screw those up really, really badly. Um, and he just, it, it, it was very, very strange. Um, and then, so the, the next thing was that once the blackout began, then Huffman sent an internal email, which he had to know was going to leak because that's how this works, you know, to, to all Reddit employees. And, and do you want to describe a little bit about how that went? <laughs> Let me pull it up really fast. Since, okay. Uh, Mia, my really great colleague. She was the one who got this and we teamed up to put the post together. The The key language that um, we pull out of it and I think that people also grasped onto is the Reddit CEO. He told employees that the blackout will pass, right? right. And I think that was acknowledging that this was originally announced to be a two-day thing. And as it was happening, I remember reading some criticism within subreddits that like, well, it's only two days and then Reddit's going to go back to normal. Like Reddit's just going to win this one. And I think this memo seeing, um, taking with the tone of the AMA, with the tone of this memo, I think that got people really fired up. And many people said, all right, we're going to stay private indefinitely because right. if you think this will pass, then we'll try and show you that it actually will not pass. Um, and so that was kind of the next beat in in this whole saga. <laughs> right. So, you know, it is true that a bunch of, a bunch of subreddits did come back 
after the two days, but plenty of them stayed dark, including some of the bigger, the the, the really biggest ones. Uh, and then things continued to sort of, you know, go go get worse. <laughs> and there was basically, uh, you know, there was this, you know, message that was sent to some of, some of the moderators of the re- subreddits that were still closed, which you could potentially read as a threat that if you won't open, we'll sort of take away your moderator powers and give them to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, Reddit, I think, denied to you directly that it, it was a threat, but I think most people read it as a threat. Is that- yeah, I think Reddit, Reddit to us, they're not going to say, yes, we threaten these communities, right? I think they take issue with that language. And uh, I guess to the letter of what these messages say, I understand that. But many of folks in the community and who were trying to keep their subreddits private, they definitely read it as a threat, right? Where this message says that, these messages would say things like, we'll work with other moderators who support reopening to find a path. (laughs) forward. I'm paraphrasing there, but that's the kind yeah. of general gist of it. Um, to the point where the moderate many moderators then had to kind of fall to that pressure and find ways to reopen on their own terms. So and and, and but but when when you say Reddit and moderators and on their own terms, uh, that often leads to shenanigans. Again, this is just sort of like the nature of Reddit, which you would think the founder and CEO of Reddit would be aware of the sort of ability for there to be what is sometimes known as malicious compliance (laughs) (laughs) in terms of, you know, doing what they asked, but not necessarily in the way that you asked it. So let's get to the next beat in this. Uh, What happened next in terms of Reddit's, subreddits reopening? I think that, Easiest one to point to in terms of malicious compliance is a handful of huge subreddits. They held votes within their community to see, should we reopen as normal or do we stay entirely focused on John Oliver content? And uh, (laughs) as you can maybe imagine with the hive of Redditors, right? The John Oliver content would win. And so then the moderators would switch over to... uh, John Oliver focused content. And so I think it's our picks, our gifts, and our videos currently are entirely focused by the vote <laughs> of the people to you can only post John Oliver content in there. And right. so and these and, and and just to be totally clear, these these uh, subreddits are not normally entirely focused on John Oliver content. Right. Yeah. And so now there are all, only pictures of John Oliver, gifts of John <laughs> Oliver, videos of John Oliver. Right. And so like they're still about what the subreddit is called. Right. But they have a really narrow focus on one <laughs> specific individual for the moment. Yeah. Right. And and John Oliver has endorsed this. He did. Yeah. He um he posted over the weekend on Twitter and he he did this very long thread of a bunch of clearly just like random photos from his phone or whatever that are I'm sure just been absolute fodder for the folks that are making content for uh, these subreddits. All right. So now let's get to the 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 next beat in this story in terms of uh, more types of malicious compliance. In fact, some that could impact Reddit's bottom line in some ways. Yeah. So what was the next bit? 
So what's happening right now, and I think this is kind of where the current beat of the story is, is, is figuring out the aftermath of this, is some Reddits turn themselves into not safe for, for work subreddits to push back. And what this does is it puts up an age gate. So if you want to go through to the subreddit, you have to click the button that I am over 18. Um, and kind of crucially, not safe for work subreddits are not eligible for ads. And so um, you can see that you can assume that some of these folks who made this change did it as a way to perhaps uh, go after Reddit's ad revenue um, by by changing into a way that you know Reddit can't make money off of that off of the right. subreddits anymore. And and you can understand like why Reddit would have the policy of not putting ads on on not safe for work content you know, most brand advertisers don't want their ads appearing right, next, next to such content. It's and, a, it's and a logical policy. Exactly. But the subreddits are doing it in places where subreddits typically were not, not safe for work. And so right. it, it creates this interesting, I don't know, interesting, you know, it's, it's where people might be used to not seeing <laughs> dangerous content or not safe for contact, but you know, now the subreddit might be totally filled with porn, which that happened to a bunch of places uh, while I was right. doing some research on this yesterday. So, so in in your case, it was safer work because you had to do that. that I, that I am so worried. It is going to email me and be like, "What are you looking at at work?" Uh, I dread that email personally. Um, it's all it's all for research. I promise. <laughs> nice, um, and so. There is there is an undercurrent to all this that is important and that we didn't describe before, but I do think is important and and why this particular form of protest actually you know could have could have a bigger impact, and that is that Reddit itself is still not a public company. Uh, if people know the the sort of longer history of Reddit, you know it, it started as a Y Combinator startup in in the very first class of Y Combinator startups, and for a few years was actually sort of the only like really successful Y Combinator startup. Though there have obviously been many, many, many others since then, um, and but it was it was bought out uh, in the fairly early years by Condé Nast uh, and became a property of Condé Nast. I remember. Many years ago, visiting Wired Magazine headquarters uh, in San Francisco, which is also owned by Condé Nast, and Reddit was like four guys in the corner of Wired's <laughs> offices. Uh, I don't know if, if Huffman was there at the time or who was there, but I remember uh, having somebody point out like those those weird guys in the corner, that's Reddit. Wow. <laughs> thinking, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um, but obviously since then it's grown and uh, they brought on a, additional investment and Condé Nast is, is still, I think, the largest shareholder, but there are other shareholders. And yeah, the, I think it's, Advance is the parent company that they're both both Condé Nast and Reddit is under. If I'm okay. understanding the the corporate structure correctly, but they're very connected to right Condé Nast, right? But but the but the idea is that the Reddit has been hoping to have an IPO and go public finally many many years after founding, way longer than I think most startups, you know, going through the process take to go public. Um, and they, they had filed for an IPO, but then it got delayed and sort of put on hold. You know, the, the whole sort of, you know, internet space has sort of 
you know, collapsed and, and with, with various problems over the last couple of years. Uh, and so the IPO was sort of put on hold. But, you know, there is certainly pressure on Huffman to take the company public. And there is this belief that some of these moves and the, you know, char- charging for the API and trying to build up other revenue streams like that are partly an attempt to, you know, position the company to go public. Um, and is that is that your take on it as well? Yeah, that's my take on it too. Um, they filed at the end of 2021. So like mm-hmm. this process has been in theory going on for a very, very long time. Um, I interviewed Steve Huffman last week, last week, and I asked about that. And it sounds like they, they, they're still moving forward. They're still, you know, working on that stuff. But um, I haven't gotten any sort of sense of a, of a clear near term timeline for when that might happen. I guess the real question is once these, once this API pricing goes into effect, do we see more activity from Reddit and pushing forward towards that IPO? I think that's, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see if that's what's next. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, you, you just reminded me of another beat that we entirely skipped over, which was last Thursday, uh, Huffman went on a little media tour, uh, including you guys, uh, did an interview with you, did an interview with NPR and did an interview with NBC. And I can't, determine which of the three interviews he did was the worst <laughs> because they were all bad. Not, not on your side, not on the media side who I think, you know, asked him really good questions, but it felt like he was not, I, I don't know if he just still doesn't realize how upset people are about this or if he doesn't care or I, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you have a sense of like, does he, realize how poorly this is all going my sense is talking to him he's just really committed to the decision um Uh and granted when i talked to him this was still more about the developer and api pricing like right it did not it had not quite shifted into the moderator story that it has become six days later and so you know i don't exactly know how he feels in that regard outside of um, at that time, Reddit was really pushing for subreddits to open under this argument that the mods made unilateral decisions that the users don't agree with, um, right. which I'm sure in some cases, which is true, but the sense I get generally on the platform is that folks were in support of that. Right. Um, so I, I think more than anything, he is just saying, I'm the CEO. This is my business decision. I'm going to go through with it. And, you know, to go all the way back to the memo of this will pass, I think he is just trying to weather the storm. And right. that's, and it sucks right now for them. <laughs> but I think he's just saying, like, we're just going to go through with this and hopefully it eventually blows over. Right, right. And, and you know, there there is some logic to that. And, and there are lots of lots of companies that go through sort of, you know, media storms. And often that is good advice. I'm, I'm not as convinced that that is the case here, <laughs> but, uh, you know, especially when it's his own community that is like sort of creates all the value on the platform. You know, it, 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 it does strike me as a little bit ironic that, you know, one of the things that he, you know, 
was so upset about is this idea that mods effectively had like too much power. He referred to them as landed gentry, uh, as, as, you know, one of the reasons for wanting to remove them. Uh, and then as you say, he has this attitude, like I'm the CEO, I've made this decision. I'm sticking to it. Like, which one of those is sort of like more dictatorial? It just just feels like, uh, you know, that has a, uh, a more problematic stance. If, if you're talking about, you know, like that you're, you know, if you're believing that you're sort of setting up some sort of democratic ideal, as you seem to imply. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the metaphors are all feel kind of mixed there. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Reddit, wants to start making money. There's something he said at, uh, during the AMA, he said, we are not a profitable company. And I think it seems in my head that that's something Steve Hoffman is trying to change, whether if that's for like making the IPO more attractive, you know, I'm not entirely sure what his reasons are, but I think that's his goal right now. And all of these changes are in service of that. Uh, and that's, that is what he is doing despite the storm it has created. And, and you know, and, and I get that, right? I mean, especially, you know, the company's been around for a long time. I'm sure he's getting pressure to make it profitable. And yeah. that makes, makes perfect sense. But I do think that, you know, there are ways to, you know, try to make a company profitable that don't involve destroying everything that made it what it was before or yeah. pissing off your user base that works for you for free that, you know, creates all the, the content. Um and he, um, you know, and, and maybe there's a story there, but like, you know, and obviously I'm not in his shoes and I'm, you know, but, but like, it, it just strikes me as so odd that, that like, you know, he could come out and say that. And I think it's, that's, that's great from a transparency angle, say like, look, the company has to make money. We need to make money. And here's what we're thinking of in terms of ways to make money and sort of laying out the different options and saying like, this is what, these are things that we need to do. And, you know, if, if I were in his shoes, what I think, what I hope I would do is sort of lay out, you know, new useful business models. Okay. These third party apps are, you know, taking our business away and not paying us anything though. Even I believe some of the apps have said that they actually did pay money to Reddit. Um, I think the uh, Reddit is fun is, is one of the apps mm-hmm. and, and both, they said um, that they did pay. Yeah. Both, uh, both Reddit is fun, which I believe is like the most loved Android app and Christian uh-huh. Selig who made the Apollo who makes Apollo. They both are understanding of, yeah, we've been using this for free. We're fine paying you. But the price that Reddit is charging is outrageous. And they're given basically 30 days to either figure out a way to pay it or shut down entirely. Right. I think, um, I think Seelig has talked about like if he had more time, he would change the way the app works or explore different business models. Like this is something I, I tried to press Huffman on is like, why are you giving such a short timeline here? And I never, I never really got a satisfactory answer to that question, which yeah. tells me that I think they're just trying to push these apps out. Yeah, and I, I think, I think there's something to that, and you know, I think the answer that he gave was something along the lines of like, by having a hard and fast deadline, like it just, you know, makes it clear that we're that that this is happening, as opposed to if it's too far out, then it feels like we're not really doing. It. I, I don't know. It, it, 
it doesn't make any sense. And there's also been like, you know, he's also sort of attacked the, you know, verbally attacked, obviously the, the, the guys who made those apps in particular and sort of, you know, said that they were making jokes or not serious. And, and I think, I, I think it was with Reddit is fun. I'm not positive that he said like the, that he wouldn't even talk to them. Uh, uh, so and, the big one, one he was accusing was the Apollo for Reddit person or was so Christian Seelig. He said, um, Christian Seelig said on a call with another Reddit person, something that, uh-huh. you know, they were talking and he made a statement that the person Seelig was talking to maybe perceived as a threat and based on a transcript that Selig said, shared, it sounds like they paved it over, but that message didn't quite make it to the CEO. It's it's all really <laughs> messy stuff. It's a lot of kind right. of who said what to when in which way. Um, but it Huffman just he doesn't seem to show a real willingness to want to work with these people, even if right. the app developers themselves have given evidence that yeah, they want to like talk and maybe negotiate, but they're not willing to just take Reddit's terms exactly as they're being presented. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, and in this, there, there are definitely sort of shades of, of Elon Musk and Twitter and exactly what he did where he was at least a little bit more explicit that he was, well, I should clarify that because initially he just cut off the third party apps that similar to Reddit had helped make Twitter really, really successful with no explanation whatsoever. And then like a couple of weeks later, basically said, yeah, no more third party apps. Um, you know, and, and in, in both cases, it felt like they felt that like these third party apps, because they were allowing people to enjoy their sites without seeing the, the ads that they were somehow, you know, taking from him or, you know, however they would phrase it. Um, there are a lot of ways to look at that, that I think right. make that inaccurate, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's the framing and sort of Musk and Huffman's mind. Mm-hmm. And Huffman told me something that it takes $10 million a year to maintain the infrastructure that these apps rely on, which again, I, I understand that argument, but I also feel like a company of Reddit size and how long it's been around, like, I would hope you could pay $10 million a year. Right. I guess I don't, I don't have any actual understanding of the finances of these companies, but to me, it seems like a relatively small cost to allow your like most power users and developers right. to be happy on the platform. So they're not uh, trashing you uh, in every other way right. that they can because they're unhappy right. with these changes that you're making towards them. And, and the idea is that, you know, those power users bring in more users, right? They bring mm-hmm. in other users who help pay the bills and they make the site more valuable. And and so therefore, like, you know, and who knows about the the exact pricing or the exact dollar amounts, but, you know, the, the two things that you think in those cases are like, you know, they're increasing the value of your site. You should figure out a way to monetize that reasonably that doesn't piss everyone off. And also like, you know, there, there's got to be a better setup for it. Like, you know, if if it's really costing you that, like, maybe the problem is on your operation side. Yeah, you, could, you, know, you know, maybe there's some save some money. Yeah, something you can know. do there, right? You know, there there seem like a whole bunch of questions about about how this is set up. Um, so let let's bring this a little closer to to where we are now. Again, 
Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I'm just reinforcing this because I have no idea what else is going to happen. Uh, yesterday, sort of late Tuesday, uh, there was the story that some mods were removed. Some of the protesting in various ways, mods were removed from their moderator duties. Um, and so you had a story on that as well. So <laughs> do you want to talk about kind of what happened there? Yeah, specifically Reddit admins pulled mods who had switched over to that not safe for work tag for subreddits. Mm-hmm. That and, typically- and just really, really, really quickly, just mm-hmm. to clarify for people who aren't as close, when we say Reddit admins, that means employees of Reddit yes. as opposed to Reddit moderators or mods who are the volunteers. Yes. Just, there's just a clarification, but yes, yeah, so there, Reddit there's, employees. <laughs> there's yes. a lot of uh, jargon in this. So yes. thank you for keeping me honest there. Yeah. Um, the understanding is that the admins, pulled these mods from these communities, um, either leaving them completely unmoderated because the admins were unhappy with this decision, or in the case of one subreddit, um, it appears that it was an accidental uh, (laughs) removal. Um, And so for one, it was mildly interesting. They they were reinstated last night. I think that was kind of the core of that story. Um, But a handful of other... um, subreddits, those mods were pulled away. And that that feels like, uh, I think a lot of mods in other subreddits are, are understandably a little worried about what that action means for them. Yeah. Um, Reddit's argument is that in switching over to not safe for work, um, folks might be exposed to things that they don't want to see, that they didn't sign up to see when they maybe started following a subreddit. Um, but I think the mods are understandably very unhappy that unilateral action is just being, it's just happening to them. Yeah. And in a way that um, could leave the communities vulnerable, right? If these are unmoderated communities that maybe I haven't checked recently, but they may have a whole new set of moderators, right? Right. Um, And something folks have been talking to me about today is uh, my understanding is like what's called the mod mail or like the kind of resources and information on a subreddit by subreddit basis, like there could be information in there that brand new mods don't have the training to deal with, or, you know, could be personally identifying information that other folks may not want to see. So there's a lot of really thorny stuff happening in this part of um, where the, where the story is that uh, could have really big ramifications on, um, the relationship between moderators and Reddit moving forward. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's really important. I mean, this is something that comes up a lot again, sort of more in the, the sort of larger centralized services with trust and safety in terms of like who even has access to this stuff and what sort of training is there. And when you introduce the idea of volunteer moderators into this and the idea of like swapping them out, then a whole bunch of other questions get raised that I think are, are really important. It'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Um, and so one other thing that that I saw, so I saw this mentioned last night uh, was that someone said that um, if you were taking a subreddit and switching it to not safe for work, that now it had to go through admin approval. So they were basically acting to prevent subreddits from making that switch that some of the protesting subreddits had done. And then today, uh, uh, just a little while ago, I saw, and then I looked because you're too fast and you had already written this up. Uh, I saw it 
somewhere else first, but you, you're the first one I think who's written it up was that the, that a, you know, an admin had posted that they consider switching to not safe for work. If it's a form of protest to be a violation of, of Reddit's policies. Mm -hmm. And so, so what, what, what's happened there? So I've been the, for the first thing I've been trying to nail that one down. The um, Reddit admins, uh, having approval to switch things to not safe for work. And from what I can tell, actually, that's not true. Um, oh, okay. Reddit Good. has pushed back really strongly on that idea when I talk to them. And um, what folks appear to be seeing is this thing called community tags, where you can like provide a finer level of granularity in terms of the type of not safe for work content you might see in a subreddit. And that... Um, requires from what I understand, like a, a survey of, I think mods and users, I'm a little bit thorny on this point. So if I get it wrong, <laughs> don't, you know, don't quote me on it, but, um, Reddit is really strongly pushing back on the idea that they are blanket approving folks who go not safe okay. for work or not. Um, again, I have, you know, I'm still kind of looking and reporting on that side yep, of the story, yep, yep. but my understanding is they're not actually doing that at this moment in time. Um, They are, however, strongly discouraging people from making that switch. Uh, And um, so now uh, there's this account, admin account that just goes by the name um, Mod Code of Conduct, I believe is what it is. And they posted Mm -hmm. this statement that I'm trying to pull up right now for myself. Uh, Yeah, I had it before. Where, oh, the, the short is that they say it's not acceptable to switch over yes. a, a community that was safe for work to a not safe for work community. Yeah, here, I, I found it. It says, changing a previously safe for work community to a not safe for work community in order to protest Reddit policies is inappropriate for the members of your community and not acceptable overall. Yes. So, yeah. And so that, I think... For other communities who may have also been thinking about this form of protest, you know, I have to imagine that's a chilling phrase to hear in terms of like, (laughs) you know, if you're, again, a mod, you've been a mod for 10 years of a certain community, you might not want to open yourself up to losing access to that community that you probably love, you have friends in, you have important, you know, rules of what you've made the community. Um, so we'll have to wait and see if if folks find continue to do this, this not safe for work flip as a form of protest, or if they find other ways to protest. Like I found um, the subreddit, subreddit political humor, they allow every user to be a mod now. And so, like you know, <laughs> I <laughs> think great. there are going to be ways people continue to push the boundaries of what they're allowed to right. do. And, um, I, you know, we'll see how Reddit continues to respond to those. Yeah, that is kind of Reddit's speciality, right? I mean, they're they're very good at figuring out you know ways to game systems. So, yes, <laughs> uh, you know it 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 is it is really it's kind of crazy. So I mean, you know, to sort of wrap this all up, like, do, do you have any sense of how this plays out? You know, do, do I mean? I guess obviously the the big date is is july 1st when the new api pricing goes into effect and and a couple of these reddit apps will shut down uh what do you think happens if you asked me last week i would have said you know this might ultimately die down in early july right because i think mm-hmm. people would continue to be unhappy with the api decisions 
everything I've seen from Reddit shows that they're probably not going to back down or switch or negotiate or give any sort of time, extended timeline. Um, and so I would have thought that like the apps will shut down, unfortunately, on June 30th, the new pricing goes in first, goes in effect on July 1st, and we see what happens from there. But now that this is becoming so much of the mod story, like there's no deadline on the mod right. story, right? And uh, I think the mods are feeling really, um, they're feeling really attacked and really just very vulnerable. Um, especially when many of them have put in years of unpaid labor to moderate some of the most beloved communities on the internet. And yeah. Reddit is treating many of them as disposable or saying that in showing just a slightest bit of protest that they'll just throw them out with, you know, without a second thought. And so I think this is, this is a really the core of what Reddit is, that's a question I think that's going to be examined really closely. And the folks who have a lot of power in deciding what that core and culture is, you know, they're really unhappy. And I think, so I think this story could continue going for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to follow, um, you know, and, and I, I also, I do kind of wonder whether or not, you know, there will be, serious attempts to, to come up with sort of Reddit replacements. Um, you know, there's obviously been some talk of like, you know, there's Fediverse options, Lemmy and Kbin is the ones that people talk about. I saw that, uh, uh, Jimmy Wales was trying yes, to I set up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> set up, uh, a, you know, a, a sort of Wikimedia, I don't know if it's Wikimedia owned or, or if it's a separate, uh, operation that's sort of a Reddit attempt at, at something. And so people are talking about it. Uh, you know, there, there, uh, people trying to set up a, a Reddit clone on Noster, which is the, <laughs> I haven't seen that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. The decentralized uh, protocol. I'll send you a link. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I couldn't quite get it to work, but it's there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's interesting, you know, whether or not any of these things catch on, you know, one of the 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 sort of interesting notes, and, and we can close on this, though, is like, again, sort of going back to the history of Reddit, one of the reasons why Reddit became Reddit was because there was a very similar site before it called Dig with two Gs, uh, which was huge, uh, you know, at the time. Uh, and, you know, the guy who founded Dig was on the cover of Business Week as like this huge success story. And then... You know, they sort of went through a very compressed version of this in which they suddenly had to make money. Uh, and so they completely revamped the site and revamped the site's rules and people flipped out. And one of the ways in which they flipped out was that they all switched over to Reddit. And that was like, you know, Reddit's founding story is based on, you know, I remember when Reddit launched that it was just like this, this is just like a dig clone and dig is already here and dig is already successful. How are they ever going to make it? Uh, and they did because dig imploded, you know? <laughs> and so there isn't necessarily like a ready-made replacement for Reddit today, though. It's not like there's an easy place for them to all jump to, but it will be interesting to see, you know, if somebody else can do it or if like, you know, some of the bigger companies see it as an opportunity. Like, could you see, you know, you start to think about things like, you know, how important, and you wrote, we didn't even talk about this, but you wrote an article also uh, about how like Google is now worse because, <laughs> you know, Reddit 
you know, is you find Reddit results in, in Google searches all the time mm-hmm. because it's this, this huge store of knowledge. So like, I imagine some people at Google are kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. And so like, is there a, a push at Google to sort of create their own Reddit because they need that community and they don't want to have to go through, they need that content and they don't not want to go through this again. Google plus no. is back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. Let's go. <laughs> it's like dust off the old code. Yeah. Uh, you know, or again, like the open AI or, you know, then you start thinking about like Microsoft or Facebook, which need this data for, for training AI systems. Like, could they launch a, a sort of Reddit clone? Could they cook one up fast enough to make a difference? I don't know. Would people trust those companies? I don't know. But there's all sorts of interesting things. And so I, I think this story is not going not gonna to quiet down anytime soon. And there should be all sorts of interesting twists and turns. Yeah, you know. I think, you know, I wonder if it's going to follow kind of a Twitter trajectory where it is there and it hangs around, but there's maybe yeah. the sense that like, the best days are way behind it or like, you know, does a, a viable competitor pop up anytime soon? I don't know. I think, I think yeah. the next few months for Reddit, it's going to be really interesting to see how things, um, you know, move and change. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Jay, thanks so much for the time. Uh, thanks for your reporting on this. As I said, you've, you've been covering this just, you know, absolutely everything. Every time I think I find something interesting, I go look and you've already written a whole article about it. So, uh, it's great work in, in covering all of it and getting all the details. Uh, and, uh, I, I, it's, it's been, been really, really useful and just a, a fascinating story to follow overall. So thank you for, for all yeah. the work that you've done and for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for reading. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you know, we're at the verge. We're huge fans of your work as well. So it means a lot uh, hearing that from you and thanks for having me on the podcast today. It was really fun to be here. Great. And uh, thanks also to everyone for listening and we'll be back next week. Yeah.